This Capital Ministries Bible study from President and Founder Ralph Drawlinger is entitled The Bible and Leadership Faithfulness. Capital Ministries' long-term objective is to plant 50 ministries in 50 state capitals, in addition to fostering ministries in local city and county governments throughout our nation. We are deliberate about this because we believe that not only is such a goal essential to the fulfillment of the Great Commission, but it is one of our nation's greatest needs in terms of good governance. To paraphrase a famous William Penn quote, good governance flows from good hearts. Accordingly, Capman is intentional about achieving these ministry outposts, not only here in D.C., but at every level of the career path of a public servant. It follows that we purpose to facilitate more men and women in public office who are mature in Christ, governing authorities who not only have the courage to fight the right battles, but the strength, faithfulness, and perseverance to go the distance. This can only be achieved by maturing them in Christ. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. It follows that we need strong Bible teachers, evangelists, and disciple-makers at every level in the career path of public servants. To those of you who read these Bible study notes here in Washington, D.C., we thank you for faithfully opening doors in your state capitals. Your partnership is so helpful and effective. I want to personally thank those of you who have partnered with us in this way. You have been such good friends, and we thank you. Paul, too, had such good friends. One was Tychicus. Paul trusted him with the most important of tasks to personally deliver some of Paul's original letters, the original autographa of Scripture, over hundreds of miles of perilous journey. How come? Like you, he was reliable and trustworthy in his partnership. Let us drill down on this character quality this week. The Fact About Faithfulness Fulfillment Near the end of his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul conveys some personal comments about his close friend and partner in ministry, Tychicus. From this narrative passage, we can glean important insights into the matter of faithfulness. Ephesians 6, 21-22, wherein Paul is writing from prison far away from the church at Ephesus that he originally founded, as recorded in the book of Acts, he states the following. But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, and that he may comfort your hearts. Paul, writing in Greek, employs a tense known as the epistolary aorist. This is when the writer puts himself in the place of the reader. Accordingly, I am sending in our most accurate understanding— whereas I have sent is most accurate to the Greek. Tychicus had not been dispatched prior to Paul writing this letter. More important to this study, note that Paul calls Tychicus faithful in the previous quoted passage. When we hear the word faithful today, our attention is often drawn to the context of marital fidelity. For sure, that is an accurate understanding of the biblical word usage. But as used here and illustrated in the life of Tychicus, the character quality of faithfulness as a broader application. Stemming from the Greek word pistos, it means in the passive use of the verb, i.e., not acting but affected by the action represented by the verb, trusted or reliable. In contrast, a pistos means 
untrustworthy or not worthy of another's confidence. Theologically, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit fully bequeathed by the Holy Spirit to and upon every believer at the point of salvation. Cross-reference Galatians 5, 22-23. It follows that faithfulness is a possessed quality by every true believer, a characteristic fruit of genuine followers of Christ, but one that need be continually honed, matured, and developed in the sense of one's progressive sanctification. Characteristic reliability in our vertical relationship to God, as well as horizontally in our relationship to ministry partners, is a requisite indispensable quality that assures respectively both great communion with God and dependable reliability by others, equating to the consummate, active, and efficient fulfillment of God's great commission mandate. As noted, Paul was writing from prison in Rome, as indicated by the preceding passage in Ephesians 6.20. The passage begins with, I am an ambassador in chains. It was there that he penned what are commonly referred to as the prison epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. It is interesting to note, and serves the purpose of this study, that many commentators believe that he wrote Colossians in close proximity to Ephesians, in that the Colossian epistle would also be delivered to Colossae by Tychicus. Colossians contains an epistolary heiress passage similar to the one under study. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number. They will inform you about the whole situation here. Colossians 4, 7 through 9. Each passage from the two epistles refers to Tychicus as a faithful man and illustrates that Paul, who was unable to go because of his imprisonment, sent Tychicus as an apostolic emissary to these churches on his behalf. How could it be that Paul trusted in God's sovereignty, stating in Philippians 1.12, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Apart from a faithful teammate like Tychicus, He could not have reasoned so altruistically. Such a statement by Paul, apart from him, and our knowing of his trust in him, could not possibly ring true to the reader's ears to the fullest extent. Paul's situation necessitated faithful, trustworthy ministry teaming in order to fulfill the Great Commission. Part of God's sovereign orchestration of Paul's circumstances served to illustrate his mature ability to effectively discern and trust wholeheartedly. In this case, a fellow worker, one who over many years had proven himself to be absolutely dependable. As such, Tychicus serves to personify Proverbs 13.17 and 25.13. A wicked messenger falls into adversity, but a faithful envoy brings health. Faithful people elicit positive outcomes in a myriad of ways. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. Having many ministry partners myself in California's San Joaquin Valley, where much of our nation's fruit is grown, it doesn't take long to learn that every packing shed immediately chills freshly harvested fruits and vegetables from hot summer orchards in order to preserve their contents. Solomon, writing in the previous proverb, 
uses this agricultural analogy to beautifully portray the value of a messenger preserving and protecting the contents of the harvest he has been entrusted with. Such a person, Solomon says, is faithful. Note the summation of Tychicus's character quality of faithfulness as illustrated by leading Ephesians commentator Harold Hayner. Later in his second Roman imprisonment, Paul sent Tychicus to Ephesus to relieve Timothy in order that Timothy could come to Paul, 2 Timothy 2.4, and Paul sent either Tychicus or Artemis to Crete to relieve Titus so that Titus could visit Paul in Nicopolis, Titus 3.12. Tychicus then bore five New Testament Bible book letters, Colossians, Philemon, Ephesians, 2 Timothy, and Titus, and probably relieved two of Paul's apostolic legates. It is no wonder that he was called a beloved brother and faithful servant of the Lord. Servant, diakonos, emphasizes the activity of the servant, and in this case signifies faithfulness in his activities for the Lord. The fact is, Tychicus's faithfulness led to the fulfillment of the Great Commission. The first mention of Tychicus is in Acts 20, verse 4. Of Asian descent, he had been chosen by Paul to take the relief offering to Jerusalem. Therein was the start of a beautiful relationship. Tychicus was not only faithful, but this passage also informs us that he was available and teachable, three key ingredients for being used mightily by God. Now, as a political leader, note one particular means Paul used to evoke such high levels of faithfulness, availability, and teachability in others. Paul was collegial with those who served him, those whom he deemed as partners. Having Paul as their leader, one gained a sense of personal value and importance, the sense of being on an equal footing. Can that be said of you in your leadership style? The Formation of Faithfulness, Friendliness Paul says of Tychicus in this week's passage, the beloved brother and faithful minister. What exactly does this larger statement mean? Commentator Edward Earl Ellis says, In this context, the term brother means not so much fellow Christian, though Tychicus was obviously this, and the term was this meaning in verse 21, as it does co-worker or helper. This is significant. In the world of ministry, Paul didn't make people refer to him in some sense of hierarchical superiority. He didn't insist on nor enforce personal titles. Rather, he had a collegial, friendly relationship with those whom he discipled, Even though he personified apostolic authority, his leadership style was not one of pulling out the org chart all the time. To do so, even today, is to telegraph personal insecurity with those whom you are leading. Merriam-Webster defines collegial as marked by power or authority, vested equally in each of a number of colleagues. I realize there are problems with this leadership style wherein it tends over time to breed disrespect and license when it comes to those in authority. But such problems have to do more with the immaturity of those under a collegial boss than the leadership style of the boss. Nonetheless, common friendliness is an indispensable biblical-based component of effective leadership with its inherent risks. It aids developing faithfulness amongst peers not only in ministry but in your work offices. Motivation and work and ministry are enhanced when everyone on the team senses ownership and equal importance in achieving the task. 
I hope you sense collegiality and friendliness in and from me as we attempt to launch and mature effective ministries, not only in state capitals, but the thousands of local city and county government offices throughout America. I count each of you as strategic partners and peers in our joint monumental effort to help create a movement for Christ amongst our nation's governing authorities, from the start of office to the highest positions in office. While the practice of friendship is no guarantee of developing faithfulness in another, it can certainly help, states Paul in Philippians 2.3, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Tychicus could be counted on to complete the smallest tasks and the most difficult. He was doctrinally solid and represented Paul well, being void of disloyalty, undermining comments of disrespect, cross-reference 1 Peter 2.18, and gossip. Paul took notice of that, and as a result, God used Tychicus mightily in his kingdom work. Taking this concept a step further, Paul had his personal weaknesses— cross-reference Romans 7, as we all do. And we know that collegiality requires transparency and thus a risk of vulnerability. It follows that Tychicus could have exploited Paul's foibles and undermined or damaged his leadership. Instead, Tychicus was characterized by grace and not rigidity in his demeanor, skill, and dispatch of personal relationships. Undoubtedly, he was mature in this regard, having earned Paul's highest level of trust. Tychicus was deemed seasoned enough to transport portions of the original New Testament. Grace with one another, then, is key to building trust and, consequentially, our fulfillment of the Great Commission. Unfortunately, the shortage of such grace in present-day and historic American evangelicalism has resulted in many Christian leaders who are not friendly to their underworkers, having been burned by others. In contrast, may our partnerships in ministry and in life in general always be characterized by abundant grace versus personal exploitation of one another's non-ministry disqualifying idiosyncrasies. You, the many public servants in our D.C. Bible studies, White House Cabinet, Senate, and House members, are wonderful, effective, powerful partners in ministry. In faithful ministry partnership, you are just as responsible for Capital Ministries' many successful ministry launches in America and throughout the world as are Danielle or yours truly. Your gracious spirits make for mature, fantastic, fruitful friendships in an ensuing synergy in our joint efforts to fulfill the Great Commission amongst the political leaders around the world. What follows are further insights into faithfulness. The Fountain of Faithfulness, a Facet of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 and 2 Thessalonians 3.3 state the following. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. To grow in Christ's likeness means you and I must grow in God's attribute of faithfulness. Let's become increasingly, amazingly more like Him in this area of our lives. May it be said of us, as Paul said, Jesus said to him, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because He considered me faithful, putting me into service. 1 Timothy 1.12 
the fostering of faithfulness frequency. Faithfulness must be cultivated and developed continually throughout our lives. In contrast, the evil one is unfaithful and will continually tempt you to be unfaithful. Following passages depict this personal discipline. Psalm 78, 8. And not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Luke 16, 10. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. We should be strict with ourselves to be faithful in very little things. Frequent, small victories become mental imprints to developing lifelong responses of faithfulness in the bigger spheres of life. Francis Schaeffer used to say to us, who lived in his Swiss chalet in Villers, Switzerland, to live and learn at Leombre house guests had to do home chores, did you clean behind the toilet? The point in this frequent interrogation of his was this. Only God knows if you've cleaned behind the toilet, and you must learn to be faithful to Him when no one else is watching, if you expect to be used by Him in ways significant. The Fruit of Faithfulness Affirmation We have learned that, biblically speaking, faithfulness is an intricate, key character quality that God is looking for in those whom He will use most significantly, and among other things, something every public servant should discern in employees when considering hiring or promotion. With that in mind, let us lastly turn our attention to the following passages that indicate the biblical connection between faithfulness and God's reward. Nehemiah 7.2 That I put Hanani, my brother, and Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, in charge of Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. Luke twelve forty two, And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward, whom his master will put in charge of his servants, to give them their rations at the proper time? 1 Timothy 1, 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. 2 Timothy 2, 2. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. All of the previous passages I have purposely repeated here in my outline, 1 Timothy 1.12, because it is so profoundly insightful and sums up this Bible study, serve to affirm God's sense of importance regarding your and my faithfulness. God rewards this quality if He finds it in you and me. Something I have noticed over several decades of ministry to public servants is how, generally speaking, God rewards those who are faithful to represent Him boldly while in public office. Do you seek His affirmation of your service in office? Then, be faithful to His calling, His precepts, and His people. Do you believe He is the one who ultimately placed you in public office? Or is it because you think you're so smart? Your answer to that will largely indicate your faithfulness to him while in office. Our application. Tychicus was a man who was faithful to God and to others. Subsequently, God blessed and strengthened him. Paul noticed that and entrusted him with the most important of tasks, personally delivering original autographa of Scripture 
over hundreds of miles of perilous journey. Why? He was deemed faithful. That is to say, he was found to be reliable and trustworthy. Are you deemed faithful both by God and your peers? May that be said of us as we team to plant ministries amongst public servants throughout America and the world, keeping the main thing the main thing while serving an office redounds to everlasting dividends in your account to and for His glory. This concludes our Bible study for this week. May God bless you deeply for all you do in our great country. And on the Hill, this is Frank Sontag.